Hi, and welcome to Research Talks, a podcast series that explores how research is making an impact on people and policies, with a focus on the how. Brought to you by the International Food Policy Research Institute, IFPRI. I'm your host, Sivan Yosef. In this episode, we're talking about, wait for it, chicken poop. During the past 10 years, researchers have been making amazing progress in improving our understanding of how livestock contamination can actually hinder children's physical growth. And we found in two of the three countries that um, that measure of you know, livestock feces around the household was also a significant predictor of stunting. That is IFPRI's Derek Hetty, a senior research fellow who is now based in Myanmar. So I mostly work on agriculture nutrition linkages, and that's mostly about trying to understand how um, the agricultural sector or the agri-food economy can have more impact on nutrition, particularly maternal and child nutrition. A few years ago, Derek was living in Ethiopia, and his research wasn't focused on nutrition at all. We were doing interviews with households in different parts of Ethiopia to understand land constraints. So nothing to do with nutrition, nothing really to do with livestock. But we were sitting in a um, hut, sort of small team, being hosted by a farming household. And we were asking them, you know, just various questions about problems with accessing land. And I just heard this, hee-haw. And I was like, what does that sound? And I turned around and we were sitting on a little bench inside this dark hut and there was a a bamboo shutter behind me. Uh, I looked behind and I literally saw a donkey's rear end there, um, just behind the shutter. So they had divided their house into, you know, the sort of part where the humans slept and, and lived and did these things. And the other half of the house was for livestock, for donkeys, goats, some chickens in there as well. And so I didn't think much of it at the time. I was just sort of slightly bemused that like literally six inches away from me was a donkey. But it really struck me how close... People lived you know, in, in proximity to livestock. Does it seem that people only bring their livestock in in cold climates like the highlands of Ethiopia, or is it in all different types of settings? No, it's definitely not just cold climates. In addition to the, to the cold, I mean, that's not probably not even the main reason. It's really about theft and predation by you know, wild animals, hyenas, etc., um, wild dogs, etc. But people are also just concerned about theft. You know, livestock are you know fairly high value. Chickens are very vulnerable, of course. So it's really about just keeping you know this valuable asset as close as they can to where they're staying. Derek moved on to other work after that. It wasn't until around 2013 that a project called Shine started publishing work they had been doing on livestock and children in Zimbabwe. The results got his attention. They were looking at very closely monitoring how kids, very young children, really infants, were taken care of in sort of rural Zimbabwean villages. And one of the things they observed unexpectedly was that children were often actually, young children sort of left alone on, you know, usually just outside the homestead, on a sort of homestead garden floor, let's say, you know, basically just sitting in the dirt. And they were picking up chicken feces and also eating dirt. And it turns out that, you know, no surprise, both dirt and especially chicken feces are is sort of a super concentrated pellet of bacteria. And, you know, that, that could obviously cause damage. And the thinking at that time was that it causes damage. What Derek is talking about is called environmental enteropathy or environmental enteric dysfunction. It basically means chronic gut damage, where the gut is slowly damaged over time and not able to absorb or utilize nutrients properly. 
And so it's thought that this process actually slows down healthy growth and maybe cognitive development as well because kids aren't absorbing micronutrients and they're also having chronic inflammation, which might divert sort of the body's resources away from growth towards sort of fighting this uh, ongoing inflammation. And so, you know, I was, I was really struck by that and, and I was wondering whether um, there was actually any evidence that, you know, children's exposure to livestock or livestock feces could explain some of their growth outcomes, particularly stunting. And so, you know, I thought about this for a little while and then I was chatting with a close colleague of mine, Kale Hervonen, who's also based in, in Ethiopia, and I was talking about this and he's saying, oh, you know what, I've got a survey going to the field next month, why don't we just put in a few questions about um, where livestock are kept. And so he put in questions about, you know, are, are chickens kept in the house overnight? Are goats kept in the house overnight? Derek's hunch was right. When the data came back, it showed that keeping poultry inside the house was a statistically significant predictor of child stunting. He and his colleagues did a follow-up study in a few more countries. And we found in two of the three countries that um, that measure of, you know, livestock feces around the household was also a significant predictor of stunting. And then then one or two other studies, independent of ours, you know, found something similar. So, So that's sort of how I got involved in this research. Does there seem to be knowledge among people that keeping livestock within the house might pose a health problem or no? No, I don't think so. I think that is a real knowledge barrier. And in a way, it's not surprising because if the main impact is this environmental enteric disorder, this, this chronic gut damage, then they wouldn't observe that anyway. So it, it's, it's, you know, it's not a clinical condition. And so it could be affecting a child's growth and they would, they would never even know it. So I think this is largely an invisible problem. Around this time, another IFPRI researcher, Aulo Geli, was launching a project called Celeve in Burkina Faso with funding from the Gates Foundation. The focus of Celeve is broader than livestock contamination. The project is looking at poultry value chains, helping female farmers to produce more chicken and provide eggs, which are a great source of nutrition for their households. It also wants to improve farmers' access to markets so that they can make more income to buy more diverse, healthier foods. These people are producing poultry in what are called backyard systems where the the chickens essentially just roam around during the day picking up scraps of food. And that's, you know, nice for poor people because it's very low entry and low cost. You know, there's not much labor cost to sort of taking care of the poultry. You don't have to buy feed for them. They're just eating scraps. But it's also low output. So these poultry die a lot. They're very vulnerable, especially to Newcastle's disease. And when you have that situation, actually, one sort of interesting finding from the study was because there's a high probability that an animal could die any month, they tend to sell them for meat, so they're not really producing eggs. And one of the main reasons the nutrition sector is so interested in poultry is actually for egg production, not meat production. But we tended to find that lots of people in Burkina Faso, about 90% of rural people in Burkina Faso own, own poultry, and yet almost no children eat eggs on a regular basis. And that's essentially because they're in a meat business, not in an egg business. So we sort of hope that, you know, that one of the goals of the project is to try and get these folks to make a transition from backyard poultry to a more commercial, slightly higher input, higher output um, production system. And that would include the poultry being penned in during the day, and then you'd, you'd have to provide them feed. So it's not just the cost of housing, it's the cost of feed, the cost of water, and a little bit more labor. 
as well as vaccinations. So it's really a sort of a package of inputs that would get them to shift out of the traditional poultry system into something hopefully more profitable, but also hopefully more hygienic for children. Derek and his colleagues saw Celeve as an opportunity to further investigate the question of livestock feces. When we talked about this issue, you know, we did some sort of formative research in Burkina Faso, and we talked a little bit with local policymakers, and they tended to say, oh, you might have found that that's a problem in other countries, but here, you know, we're very... We're hygienic, you know, we, you know, this sort of issue of animal contamination is, is, I don't think it's an issue here. And, of course, we found completely the opposite result, that, you know, almost nobody thought that livestock feces were, you know, a major problem, that very few households made much of an effort. You know, they tended to, maybe some households tended to sweep and clean up a bit more than others. But it actually wasn't just poultry feces. I mean, there's issues with other animals as well. And there was very little separation between children and animals. So a typical scene actually we saw was, you know, during the day, a mother is taking care of her young kids, sometimes taking care of other household or family members' young kids. And she's typically doing some sort of food processing. And in this case, we saw a woman who was like shelling peanuts. And she's sitting with, you know, four or five kids on a mat. And these poultry are all around her because they're scavenging. So they were like very interested in the peanuts, interested in the peanut shells, and they were just mingling in and among the kids. And, you know, that was the, nobody shooing them away or anything. It was just clearly a very normal scene. Derek, Alogeli, and their colleagues set about designing a treatment arm for Celeve that would focus only on livestock contamination. And so we just had a little chat about, well, you know, if we're going to be doing some sort of uh, behavioral change communications. That basically means educating people. Around nutrition and hygiene, etc. Maybe we can try and do something specific around livestock. And so that's how we sort of came up with this, uh, this idea to do sort of livestock-sensitive wash, meaning, you know, water, uh, sanitation and hygiene interventions that are focused on the child and the child's um, vulnerabilities, in this case vulnerability to, you know, being exposed to livestock feces, etc. And so we adapted a, a you know, very popular approach called community-led total sanitation. Community-led total sanitation was pioneered 20 years ago in Bangladesh to end open defecation. It brings the whole community together, and then it uses shame and disgust to educate people about the health risks of being exposed to feces. They do sort of demonstrations like say, well, you know, if, if your water source is being contaminated by human or animal feces, well, let me just take a glass of water, plain and simple, and I'm going to, you know, pick up a piece of chicken poo or whatever, I'm going to mix it in the water, and, you know, you give it to someone in the village and say, here you go, you drink it. Now, of course, in these demonstrations, no one drinks it, they laugh, <laughs> they shake their head, etc. But the whole idea is to sort of say, well, that's kind of what you're doing now, you just don't know it. You know, so if you're not treating your water, if you're, you know, ex accepting the fact that people in the village are not going to use toilets or you're going to let livestock, you know, defecate in the water source or nearby, then that's essentially what you're doing. You're, you're adding feces to your water. So that, that sort of shaming goes on. And then in some communities, um, you know, some of these interventions, they sometimes even enroll school children to actually stop people from defecating in the open. But this sort of public shaming is um, thought to be quite effective in changing behaviours. 
The researchers working on the Celeve project applied the community-led total sanitation approach to stop community members from allowing livestock inside their homes. But ultimately, it is up to the community to figure out how to do it. So what kind of solutions did the communities in Burkina Faso come up with in order to solve this problem? We're still assessing that. You know, I think some of the solutions are a little bit easier and cheaper to, to adopt, like, you know, just sweeping more often, you know, trying to keep kids separate and so on. But, you know, those are challenging. And then some households definitely are um, building uh, poultry houses, you know, or, or pens to sort of separate the poultry from, from the household. And, you know, that requires a little bit of investment, but I guess some of the other um, aspects of the value chain intervention sort of make, make that attractive. What we don't know yet is whether that program is also going to be beneficial for sort of overall hygiene as well as for, for nutrition. In other words, if the other treatment arms of Celeve are able to help female farmers develop higher value chicken businesses and get more money, the participating farmers could use that extra income to build closures for poultry instead of letting chickens roam around the house. Do you have high hopes that you you will be able to change people's behaviors? Yes, I think, you know, some hopes because we're also doing, you know, interventions that hopefully encourage them to adopt better poultry production practices too. This is a case where even adopting fairly simple technologies you know, basically fairly rustic chicken pens, etc., could actually have a big benefit, both in terms of, you know, some benefits for productivity and, and some benefits for hygiene and child health. And one of the most striking things about this is really the scale of the potential problem, because poultry is the most widely owned livestock in Africa and, and even Asia by far, because they're so cheap, you know, it's a very low entry economic activity. So there are just huge numbers of people who own poultry in, in, in Africa. And so I think, you know, the, the scope for livestock-oriented wash programs to really be adopted at a, at a much larger scale. It, of course, it's always really challenging to prove impacts on nutrition because so many different things affect child nutrition. And, you know, even standard sort of wash programs have actually had a lot of challenges in, in proving impact on nutrition. That aspect is challenging, but I'm hopeful in the long run that um, we can have an influence on, on WASH programs especially. Thanks so much to Derek Hetty for his time. To learn more about the Celeve project, you can go to the IFPRI homepage, ifpri.org, and type in Celeve. That's S-E-L-E-V-E-R in the search box. You can also search for poultry nutrition. Either way, you'll get to a bunch of great reading, and all of IFPRI's work on the links between agriculture, nutrition, and health. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcasts so you don't miss a single episode of Research Talks from IFPRI. Till next time.